Ready, set, go! You are listening to the EV Diaries, the place where we discuss the importance of electric vehicles in small town America. My name is Ben, and I am an engineer in southeastern Kentucky. I don't know what the weather's been like where you're from, but here in Kentucky, it's been cold. Now, I understand that I realize that cold here is not like cold in Minnesota or Wisconsin or Upper Michigan, well, or Lower Michigan, I guess all of Michigan, but it's been cold for here. And when I say cold, it's been in the teens in the evening, and it's been in the upper to mid-twenties during the day. We're not used to that. It's mid-November. We've already had our first snow, and we don't usually get snow until January or February if we get any at all. So this cold weather snap is just unexpected, especially for this time of year. But it did prompt me to start thinking about electric vehicles and what happens to the battery in cold weather. Well, we know for a fact that the range diminishes. So I began to investigate just to see what I can expect when I buy my first electric vehicle. First thing that I found was on the engineering and operations listserv for the NRECA's cooperative website. And that's just a forum where all the engineers from the cooperatives throughout the nation get together, ask questions, share notes, sort of Facebook for co-ops. Several of those members have electric vehicles as part of their cooperative either personal or as a pool vehicle for the cooperative that they work for. And they've been monitoring. Some of those places are in colder climates. Some of them are in warmer. And the data I gathered was essentially that 40 to 50% of your range could go away when it gets really cold. And interestingly enough, I found out that electric vehicle batteries charge slower when it's cold. And that does make sense if you think about the batteries are electrochemical devices. And I'm not pretending to be a battery expert. I know that there's usually three parts of a battery. You have a electrode, no, I'm sorry, an anode, a cathode, and in between you've got this jelly-like substance that is an electrolyte. And basically, to my understanding, now it's been a long time since I was in engineering school, and even back then, I don't know that I paid a whole lot of attention. Essentially, when you're charging the battery, you're causing a chemical storage of energy. You're converting it from electrical energy, the hard word, electrical energy to chemical energy. And there again, stumbled over energy. You've stored electrical energy into chemical energy. Wow. Okay. And when you discharge the battery, you go from chemical energy back into electricity. And basically, you are pushing electrons through this electrolyte. Like I said, I'm not a battery expert. But when it gets cold, that electrolyte 
loses its conductivity and the resistance goes up. So think of it this way, is if you're in a swimming pool and you swim from one end of the pool to the other, it takes a certain amount of energy. Now imagine if that, that pool is full of jello. I've never swam in jello, but I would imagine it would be a lot harder to get through the jello than it would be water. So by the time you get to the end of the pool, you have spent more of your energy. You're more tired. You're just absolutely worn out. Tastes like lime, but you're still just, you use more energy than you would have if it had been water. So that's what basically happens inside a battery. And the result is just the same way that you're tired. You've got reduced capacity, you've got reduced range, and you've got reduced voltage. Now, battery manufacturers and automakers combat this by insulating their batteries. If the insulation maintains the heat inside the battery, it allows it to, to stay warm. That's a good thing. The other thing that they do is called active thermal management which basically takes some energy from the battery to keep itself warm. The problem is that energy that it's using to keep the battery warm can't be used for driving. So if your, your car is sitting out in the cold and it's trying to keep that battery warm, you're going to lose a lot of the energy that's stored in that battery just for it trying to maintain its core temperature. But that's not all. Let's look at some other factors that go into reducing your range. Snowy roads have a higher rolling resistance, and we will not get into the physics of this, but it just takes more to go over snowy roads. It takes more energy if you've got a headwind. So I know around here the wind blows cold and hard in the winter, it seems, much more so than it does in the summer. The other thing you have to look at is you're running your heater. Well, if you turn the heater on in an electric car, guess where that heat's coming from? It's being drained off the battery. You also have to look at this as a problem that is found in traditional vehicles. On snowy roads and with running the heater and with higher winds, it all goes in to lower the fuel efficiency of the car. And then you take trying to keep the heat in the car up, you know, defrosting the windows in the morning, it all impacts the, the miles per gallon that you would see in a car. And let's not forget that same electrolyte gel swimming through the jello problem. If you've ever had a dead starter battery, that's essentially what happened. After batteries get some age, that electrolyte breaks down, the anode cathode, anode, yeah, that's right, anode cathode breaks down, the battery's a little bit old, it gets a little cold. It just doesn't want to work. I know, I know I'm getting a little old and in the mornings when it's cold, I don't want to work either. It's, it's essentially the same thing. There's a few things to do to mitigate this problem though if you have an EV, which I'm talking from research, not from experience yet. Some things to mitigate. A, keep the vehicle in the garage just like keeping it out of the elements, just like the insulation in the batteries. A garage is going to be warmer and protected, hopefully, more so than just sitting in the driveway. Also, keeping it plugged up, that allows this active thermal management to draw electricity from the wall, not from the battery. 
So if the battery's warm when you get in and in the morning, and when I say warm, it's been warmed by, by wall electricity, then you've got more of a range. Now, what happens when you get to work? Hopefully, you've got some place to plug up. If you don't, then your car is going to sit out in the cold for 8 to 10 hours, and then you go get in it. You may have had 80 miles left in the battery when you got out of the car. When you get back in it, you may be down to 40. That's just one of those things about owning an electric vehicle. All of these are situations that, that you just have to adapt and overcome. Now, does that mean that colder places like Upper Michigan and, and Wisconsin and all those, those cold areas in the, uh, the Midwest, does that mean that electric vehicles will not work for people living in those areas? No, but it just comes back to finding a car that meets your needs. Understand in winter that it's going to be challenging, just as any car is to operate in the winter. And adapt and overcome. That's the bottom line. Habits have to change. Attitudes have to change. But that doesn't mean that electric vehicles are no more or less viable in these areas than a normal car. You just have to plan accordingly. Well, guys, I realize I've stumbled over some words. I've spit, spattered, sputtered, a couple other things. But that's all I have for this episode. Just remember, the EV revolution is here. So buckle up, because if we can keep our batteries warm, it should be a fun ride. You've been listening to the EV Diaries. If you'd like to contact us, please email me, ben at evdiaries.com. Also, you can find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at EV Diaries. And finally, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.